Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Um, If you've got a Bible, turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9, and if I had to have a message to this little teaching this morning, it would be called The Problem, The Push, The Power, and The Plan. The Problem, The Push, The Power, and The Plan. In Matthew chapter number 9, Jesus speaking, the Bible says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful but the laborers are few pray ye therefore that the lord of his harvest would send laborers into the field somebody say amen father in the name of jesus we ask that you would move in a supernatural way this morning god i ask that you would touch every heart every hearer every listener god that God, that they would not only be hearers of the word this morning, but they would in fact be doers of the word also. That God, that they would apply, God, this word to their everyday life. God will thank you and will give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. If you love Jesus this morning, glory to God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. It's Good to be here this Sunday morning. I consider it a great privilege to be able to teach this morning, and I pray that uh, what we're able to deliver will bless you. And not only will it bless you, but you can take it with you to, uh, throughout the rest of this week. The problem, the push, the power, and the plan. I just read to you out of Matthew chapter number 9, verses 35 through 36, and I want to read it to you one more time just for the sake of reading. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. He went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, healing every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like a sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, But the laborers are few. Somebody say that with me. Say, laborers are few. (laughs) Say that again. Laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The first point this morning on this message is the problem. The problem is not a harvest. How many of you know we don't have a harvest problem? I said, how many of you know that we don't have a harvest problem? Have you went outside anywhere? Have you been to the store? Have you been to a job? Have you been to Loganville? Have you been to a school? 
What is the harvest? The harvest, of course, he's speaking of not uh, corn or apples or oranges or strawberries, Brother Brian, but he's talking about people. People are the harvest. He said that the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there is plenty of opportunity for people to be saved. How many of you know that no matter where you go, Brother George, there are plenty of folks that are not saved? Unless you are at a job. I don't know anybody in here this morning that at your job that everybody's saved. Matter of fact, if everybody was saved at your job, you wouldn't come home at the end of the day half not saved yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you get home from your job and you have to sit there on your way home and talk to Jesus and ask him to forgive you for wishing that your boss was dead and not saved. <laughs> Say amen. That the problem is never the harvest. There is never a problem with the harvest. As a matter of fact, the Lord never even gives us a command to even pray for sinners. Think about that. How many of you have prayed for sinners and they kept on sinning just the same? Yeah, okay, amen. Nobody wanted to say amen, but it's all right this morning. It's early. It's only 10.07, I think, if you're taking medicine. So how many of you know that when you pray for sinners, they keep on sinning? But see what you eat. Jesus said in these words, he said, don't pray for the harvest because the harvest is not the problem. Pray for the laborers of the harvest. We have a laborer problem. Say amen. <laughs> Say amen. We have a laborer problem. But as a matter of fact, why don't you take your preacher finger, this one right here, and I want you to point it to yourself and say to yourself, I am the problem. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> I tricked you. But you're the laborer. We in this room here on Sunday school, we are the cream of the la creme, amen, the cream of the crop at Sunday school at 10 o'clock this morning, and we are those that Jesus commanded us to pray for. He said, pray for the laborers, Sister Ginger. We are the laborers. We are the ones that are supposed to be in the harvest field of people's lives. We are the laborers. We are the ones Jesus is commanding us to pray for. Pray for the laborers of the harvest. How many of you know there's plenty of sinners? There's plenty of people who need to be saved. There's plenty of people who need to get in that water all the way in. Everything, fingers, toes, and elbows, down in Jesus' name. Amen. Plenty of people that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But the only way that they will ever encounter a God that is holy, a Jesus that is real, amen, the power of the Holy Ghost is if laborers introduce them to the one we call Jesus, uh, our Savior and our Lord. It takes a laborer. We need laborers. The problem is uh, that we have many laborers within the body of Christ that are MIA. Ask any of the team leaders here at Truth Chapel if they have a laborer problem. There's not a baby problem. Babies are coming. <laughs> Say amen. But there is a labor problem in the nursery, amen? Say amen. 
There's always a labor of problem. Oftentimes, we put the onus of people being saved and delivered and healed and all that good stuff upon the person with the microphone in one hand and the Bible in the other and say it's up to the preacher to win the loss, where in fact, the only time that it's actually up to the laborers to win the lost. It's all right. It's all right. It's up to laborers. Amen. Say it's up to me. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the Amplified Version that it says, So pray that the Lord of the harvest to force out and thrust laborers into his harvest field. That the Lord would thrust you into opportunities to win the lost. That he would push you and position you in front of folks that need to be saved. Does anybody know any lost folks? Raise your hand if you know any lost folks. Matter of fact, tomorrow morning you're going to see some lost folks when you get there. And the Lord wants to press you and push you into their lives for only one purpose. And that is so that they can be born again. The harvest is plentiful. Look at the news if you dare to. Look at the news. Is the harvest plentiful? You know, instead of wanting to go and blow up everybody and everything, we ought to, as Pastor said on Wednesday night or two ago, he says, well, our, our position is, is that we need to get on our face and do some, knee some carpet time on our knees and pray that God would save the lost and speak to them. And that is our primary objective as a church, as a body of Christ, as believers, is that we would win the lost. Say amen. So if there's a problem, Christ then provides a push in Mark chapter 16. There's a push for the problem. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who will not believe will be condemned. And these signs follow those that believe. Somebody shout, these signs. These signs will follow those that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they recover. That God is wanting to push you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's not necessarily wanting to push you to the Philippines. He's not necessarily wanting to push you to Okinawa. He's not necessarily wanting to push you to a foreign land. He's simply wanting to push you into the direction of whoever and whatever needs to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Go into your world, your arena of opportunity, your area of influence. Each and every one of us in here have a different circle of influence that Christ is trying to push you into so that you would preach the gospel message to them so that they can be saved. And he says, I'm going, to push you, do, I'm going to push you into it. And as you are being pushed into it, there'll be some things following you as you go. What will be following you? Signs and wonders follow those that believe. I wonder, Brother Brian, if we begin to determine who believed and who didn't believe based on signs following 
<laughs> that we would, we would determine, Sister Ginger, if you are a believer or not based on what was following you. Wouldn't it be difficult then to really make those determinations because how many of you know that not everybody has signs following them? They have other things following them, but that's not time for that. Today, this morning in this teaching, I am trying to get you to see that Christ is pushing you. And as he pushes you to go into all the world, he's giving you signs that follow you that are for those that do not believe so that they will believe that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That when you go and preach the gospel, you preach not only the word of God, but you confirm the word of God with signs following. I think that a lot of the times we have difficulty being a correct witness because oftentimes our lifestyle doesn't necessarily line up with what we're trying to communicate to those that we say are lost. It's hard to witness when what you're saying does not necessarily coherent with the way that you live. Say amen. Say amen. So Christ says, when you go into all the world to preach the gospel, when you go into all the world into the harvest field of people's lives, when you begin to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come, you compel them with signs and wonders. You confirm what you're saying with signs following. It's so much easier, really, to get to a particular direction or a place when there's signs. How many of you do you remember before the map was on your phone? You remember that? I, you, when I first started traveling, there was no cell phones. There was something called Rand McNally. Does anybody know what Rand McNally is? And maps were never small. When you opened up a map while you were traveling, Brother George, it covered your whole windshield. and You had to pull over to look at it. You open it up, and then, then that wasn't enough because the, I, I had trouble reading a map. I'm not going to lie. So I had to kind of get in that direction, but I depended on the signs to get me to where I wanted to go. And that when I saw the sign say Nashville, 125 miles, I knew uh, I was in the right direction. And signs led me to where I wanted to be in the end. And it is signs that are supposed to follow believers that help those that are sinners find where they ultimately need to be. Yes, of course, we want to see the body healed. But see, I think that the body of Christ ought to be walking in healing. And it is the sinners that need the miracles. Wouldn't it be amazing, and I think on a Wednesday night I made reference to this as signs and wonders, wouldn't it be so much easier at Kroger when you run, to, I know everybody at True Chapel goes to Kroger after church, amen, I've been there and I see people, I even, matter of fact, I was at Kroger uh, doing, uh, my wife made the mistake of, of sending me to Kroger after church, which I hate because I don't know where nothing is, I, I know where the popcorn is, that's all I go get is popcorn, amen. And I go, and I'm there, and I'm, I got all the groceries, and I'm checking my little self out, and, and uh, somebody came up to me uh, that was in the next uh, checkout, self-checkout place, and they go, oh, Brother Tommy. 
I'm like, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh gosh. Go that prayer, that prayer on Sunday, that prayer this morning was so good. I'm like, well, ain't good. I'm glad. Were you at church this morning? They go, no, we wasn't at church. We just saw you on TV. I'm like, well, do you go to Truth Chapel? I don't think I've ever seen you before. She goes, no, but we know who you are. I was like, oh, God, I hope I got signs and wonders following me right now. Amen. But if you have signs following you, isn't it easier for people to believe what you say when you've got a sign right there with you? Wouldn't it be awesome that if we had opportunities where we're out in public, as we know the problem is uh, that there's no laborers, and we could say, Lord, here I am, send me. I'll be a laborer. I'll go out into the harvest field. I'll go out there and handle the business. Uh, and as I go, send me with signs and wonders. But that's the good news. The good news is this. We know that he's pushing you out into the harvest field, but he'll not do it without having some power behind it. And we know that that's the next thing, that he gives us power. We here at Truth Chapel believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Do we not? Are there anybody in here this morning that believes in the power of the Holy Ghost? We believe in signs and wonders. But you know what? I believe that they not only happen in the altars, and we know that miracles happen in the altar. We know that people come up here and get hands laid on them and they get healed. We know that people can shout and run and get happy here. But man, wouldn't it be amazing that if we as believers took what we receive and feel in this place and take it to our places of opportunity into the harvest field. This is not a harvest field. Say amen. This is a place where those of us who have already been harvested by somebody, we're now laborers and we're in here to be equipped so that we know what to do out there. Amen. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Amen. But we know that in Acts 1.8, it talks about them being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And it said they were filled with the Holy Ghost to do what? To be a witness. The reason that we have the Holy Ghost, of course we can speak in tongues. Of course we've been given a prayer language that when we don't know what to do, he allows us to pray in the Holy Ghost so that the Holy Spirit can pray through us. But the primary purpose of you having the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life is so that we can be a witness unto Judea, unto Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth you got the Holy Ghost you're apostolic for a purpose you're apostolic to be a witness to those that need to be saved you're not apostolic so you can sing a song about it I mean I'm one of the hundred million views I'm a Pentecostal 
I I get it, but I don't got to tell myself I'm an apostolic who needs to know that I'm an apostolic and I believe in Jesus and Jesus' baptism and the power of the Holy Ghost is not you. You don't need to know, Jordan, that I'm apostolic. Obviously, we're in the same building. Amen? But it's the world who's lost and dying and going to hell that needs to know I've got the power in Jesus' name. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Besides him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. And if you believe it, you ought to have the faith to tell everybody about it. And I don't want to offend nobody. Too bad your presence offends them. Did you not know that? Say amen. When you walk in a room, the people just be offended. Why? Because why? You ought to, if you apostolic, they ought to know you walked in. Say amen. When you walked in the room, I, 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 this, this week, I, I've been feeling it. We just started our, uh, me and some of the others here at the church, we just started the after school program. And just when you just walk in and show up, people just mad already. But well, there's something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And when you show up and you know you've got the power, then people understand there's something different about that guy. Some of you thinking that right now. (laughs) There's something different because there's a power that God equips you not so we can stand around and polish each other's armor and talk about how much power we got. It's because God has given us the power so that we can be a sign and a wonder in the earth to show people that there is a way that they can go and need Jesus Christ. We are the example for those to be saved. I said, we're the example. Christ wants to use each and every one of us in this building to show others how to be saved. Amen. It is our responsibility. Imagine if each and every person in this room today would make a decision that I am going to win the lost. I am going to be a soul winner. That should be the testimony of every person in the room. You know, we've always heard and talked to you, you talk about different individuals and say, My goodness, that guy right there is a soul winner. Well, that's a good compliment for that person, but what's it say about the person giving the compliment? That they're not. Say, Amen. Every one of us in here must be soul winners. The Bible says that he that wins souls is what? Wise. How many of you want to be wise? I said, how many of you want to be wise? As a matter of fact, how many of you need more wisdom in your life? Raise your hand. I mean, I'll raise my And if you need more wisdom, then what is a good way to be, have more wisdom? Well, a good way to get wisdom to begin to manifest itself in your life is to win souls. Think about that. Not necessarily to read more books. How about win more souls? And as you win more souls, wisdom will be made manifest in your heart because the Bible says that he that wins souls is wise. How many of you would say, I need to be a better soul winner? Wave at me. I'll look down while you wave. Amen. There's a plan. In Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, the Bible says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, 
For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he shall, and he shall call on him whom they have not, or how shall they call on him whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, I like to call this little thing right here in Romans the plan. This is Christ's plan to win the lost. This is his plan. Now, I want to read it to you again, and then I'm going to read it to you in reverse. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now, I want to read it to you in reverse. Number one, God sends his servants. How many servants are in the room? Wave at me real quick. If you're a servant of the Lord, wave at me real quick. If you're a servant, wave at me. So God sends his servants. Where is he sending you? To the field. Amen. He's sending you to labor in the field. And then what happens? The next thing that happens, his servants preach. Now, many of us in here, we think that the office of preaching is reserved for those holding a microphone and all of that, standing in a pulpit. But actually, if you are a servant of the Lord, and everybody raised their hand and said yes, then the Bible says he sends his servants to preach. Every one of you in this room have been called by God to preach the gospel message to those that are lost. Somebody say, I am called to preach to the lost. It's others, and then there are the five-fold office gifts. We don't have time to go into all that. Those are those that God calls specifically to equip those that are sent out to preach. Amen. God sends his servants, number one. God sends his servants to do what? To preach. And the people hear. How many of you know that when you are talking, people hear you? <laughs> Say amen. And that when you sent out and you begin to preach and people hear you, there's something amazing about a person that is filled with the Holy Ghost, that has a testimony that there's not a person on earth that doesn't want to hear a good testimony. Amen? And there's never been a time in my life, in the, I'm 48 years old, and I've been preaching since for 31 years, and in those 31 years that I've ever asked somebody, Brother George, do they want me to pray for them? No one in 31 years has said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to pray for me. There has never been a time I have been denied somebody when I ask them to pray. And believe me, when they say yes, I get down to the get down. I don't give them the, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray their Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray. Their, that's the scariest prayer on earth. Say amen. You got your little kid praying that prayer. If I die before I wake, am I going to die? No one will reject prayer. 
And when you take the opportunity, see, that's the key, that he sends his servants, his servants preach, and the people hear. They are waiting to hear your words. People are waiting to hear from you. Despite their attitude, despite the way that they may act or what they may say, they're waiting to hear the good news. And the good news is when the hearers hear, they will believe. He gives it to us in his word. He says, if you preach, they'll believe. All you've got to do is preach and they'll believe. And when they believe, the next thing they'll do, they call on the name of the Lord. They will call on the name of the Lord. And the final thing there that Paul the Apostle says, when they call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. This is the salvation plan for laborers. You know the books that they have, the yellow books with the black lettering on it that says like mathematics for dummies? Y'all seen that book? The ACT for dummies, you know, all the automotives for dummies, all of these books and stuff. This is actually God's plan for the harvest for dummies because he lays it out. He says, look, I'm going to do everything. He says, I'm going to send my servants. That's us. Then you're going to open up your mouth and you're going to speak. Then when you speak to the people that need to hear it, they're going to hear you. And then they're going to believe what you're saying because you're not just saying it on your own, on your own strength. You're saying it with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You're going to say it with passion and power. And you're going to begin to share with them what Jesus Christ has done for you in your life. Well, I don't know the Bible. And I'm not a theologian. All you need is a testimony and some anointing to get on that testimony. And when you begin to share it with those that are lost, they will believe. And then they will call on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says everybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then guess what? You get them. You lead them in that prayer right there. You lead them in prayer. You say, look, this is the beginning of your journey right now. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to get you to the church, and then we're going to get you in the water, and then you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And before you can shake a stick, you'll be a laborer in the field that you just came out of. That's what God's plan for all of our life is, is that we would become laborers in the field where you came from. God is not going to deliver you from uh, a certain lifestyle or whatever you came to field and then go send you in 10 fields down the road. No, you labor, you labor in the field that you come from. You're a witness like never before. And that is where we lack as a body of Christ is that we, we are good at telling people about church, but we're not as good about telling them about Jesus. Am I right about it? Man, come to my church. See, if you say come to my church, then you don't got to know anything else. Just come on down to True Chapel. 
come to my church. I'm going to witness to you about my church. I'm going to tell you how good my church is. I'm going to tell you how good the preacher is and how good that Sunday school teacher is. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you about how good the music is. And, and man, the music is good and the ministry is good. And, and you'll spend 30 minutes talking about your church. But my goodness, how long? See, nobody, the Bible never said that when they call upon the name of Truth Chapel, they shall be saved. It's when they call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And I encourage this body of believers to become as good about talking about Jesus as we are talking about True Chapel. Amen? Let's do that. I mean, I tell everybody about the church. I'm not going to lie. I am a walking billboard. They might well post, put True Chapel on my forehead. Amen. I'm a walking tar. I tell everybody, you need to come to True Chapel. You need to come to True Chapel. But I guarantee you that before I ever gave them the invite to True Chapel, I've told them, you need to come to Jesus. You need to get born again. You're lost and you're on your way to a devil's hell. Hell is hot and getting hotter. I've never gotten a to tell somebody they were going to bust the gates of hell wide open. Amen. Because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we need to see people get born again. It's still the mission of every believer in this room. And the mission is not to get them to church. The mission is to get them saved. And when they get saved, then bring them to church and they can get equipped and go get their family and their friends and everyone else around them saved as well. Let's get them born again and bring them to the house of the Lord. Let's become a great witness because we know the problem is laborers. The push is go into all the world and preach the gospel. We know that the power of the Holy Ghost, we have the power. We have the power. Amen? Either it's true or it's a lie. We've got the power. Walk into the room like you know that the creator of the ends of the earth, who never faints nor grows weary, whose understanding is unsearchable, who gives power to the weak and increases the strength of those that have no might, lives on the inside of you. And when you walk in to be a witness, you got the whole heavenly host backing every word that you say as you tell them about Jesus Christ. And when they say, how did you figure all that out? Well, you need to come with me to church. I'll show you exactly how I figured it all out. Amen? You've got the power of the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of you. And then he gives us a simple plan. God sends his servants. His servants preach. The harvest hears. Then the harvest believes. Then they call upon the name of the Lord. And all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? Could you stand up to your feet with me real quick? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.